For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, July 18th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon, and you're listening to Money Talks. And uh, I'm joined today by Jacob Keene, CFA, and Shauna Theriault, CPA, CDFA. Did I miss anything, Shauna? <laughs> CFP. CFP. Come on. How in the world did Come I miss on, that? Troy. That was like your first. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. but but let's be let's be honest though. The CFA is as hard as all three of those steps together. So. Oh, it's way different though. It's uh, they're You're they're the real all, brains in the room. They're a different focus. That's a different focus. So CFP, CPA, CDFA. I mean, you got to know how to pass a test at the very least, but you got to know a little bit about the subject matter, right? I, exactly. I'm not going to give you a pass. I mean, you, you're uh, you're you're smart. Don't uh, let anyone say any different. Uh, anyway, we uh, have had kind of an interesting week in the stock market, and uh, the market's up. So um, from the last show, I got to always do a victory lap. I was right. Yeah. Market went up hard. a bit. <laughs> Yeah. But it hasn't been a straight line. It has not. No, we've had some chop, and uh, it seems like we've gotten quite a bit of that lately. Um, market is up 1.83%, and I, this might be the first time. No, it's not the first time because the market was higher, but year-to-date, the market is up 0.34%. We did it. We we done it. COVID-19 so, cured. So it's all the over. what's the second half look like now? Now we yeah. in the first half. Are we going to stay there? And then here the, goes Sean on the, the wet blanket. The recession, I think it only lasted, what, like three weeks? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think we're still pretty much in a recession. Are uh, you sure? The market's well, I mean, up this The year. market and the economy are two very <laughs> oh, different things. Oh. You know, I... I uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Druckenmiller. It yeah. was some. It was some well-respected investor, and he put it in in terms that I think anyone can understand. He said the market is valued right now in the 99th percentile historically. Yeah. Economic conditions are in the first percentile. Yeah. So yeah, there's a huge C between the two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, without a doubt. So, you know, we can go through these numbers, and then we do have some economic data to talk about. But uh, uh, year-to-date, market is up 0.34%. Uh, information technology sector up 16.69. Yes, I said 16.69%. Consumer discretionary up 13.5%. Communication services up 59 
Healthcare is up 3.26%. On the far end of that spectrum, energy down 36.71%. Financials down 20.73%. It's uh it's it's definitely there's a bifurcation in the market and it seems like technology cannot lose no matter what but it really is a small number of securities that are driving that although there are many in the tech sector that are positive they're not 16.69 percent higher year to date it's just that uh the average i think is being skewed by the likes of uh google's and microsoft and and some of the yeah big big tech names. i mean the the mega cap trade was huge in 19, and it's only gotten more momentum of late. Right. And then you throw on top of that, I mean, you're saying it's not it's not all these names up 16%. You throw on top of that, you look at a lot of the speculation in growth. Like, it, the growth versus value trade has continued. I right. mean, everyone's angling towards growth. But you look at some of these speculative gro- growth companies. Like, I was reading, I was reading just this week, Tesla has less than 1% market share. Right. In the in the automobile market, they're m- more than three times the market cap of all the companies in the S and P 500 that are automobile and parts. Wow! So even the parts manufacturers just, that just supply wild. them, just wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wild. is that is really hard to believe. Now you mentioned last year and and the fact that technology's been doing well for a long time. Our 12 month return on the S and P 500 is 8.95 percent. Uh, S&P 500's tech sector information technology up 33.71%. Uh, healthcare is uh, number two, but it's a distant number two at 15.98%. And consumer discretionary is up 14.24%. At the far end of the spectrum, once again, at about the same level as their year-to-date return, is energy with 36.83% loss and financials are down 12.16%. So, uh, again, you know, a, a pretty wide divergence in uh, in returns when you look at them by sector. Uh, we have kicked off earnings season. There's only 37 of the 500 S&P companies that have reported um, earnings so far. Sales growth, negative 3.02%. Earnings growth negative twenty one point two percent. Yeah, we're only we're 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 only what less than ten percent of the way. Yeah, through yeah. Earnings we're just season. Getting started. I think like the main thing to comment on right now is banks. Yeah, and it, so we got the big bank earnings. We got the big bank earnings. Yep. And there was a huge difference, and some of them it it looked like a lot of the more commercial loan resi- or consumer loan oriented banks. Pretty nightmarish earnings, but any bank with trading yeah. or investment banking, yeah, the big diverse, they banks. blew it out. Yeah, they did well. Look yeah. at what Goldman did, and it's you, you, uh, you sort of think about okay, well, you know, IPOs are dropping off, but trading activity has been up. And then if you think about everyone, ev- all these companies that were triple B, A, you know, yeah. they tapped the debt market massively when rates fell. Right. And that's, I mean, so they lowered their cost of capital. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if you can probably extended maturities on all their debt, of course. I mean, it's, and and, and you're, you're, you're getting the opportunity with the liquidity that monetary policy is providing with where rates are to shore up any gaps in your near term liquidity. Right. You know, 
as far as the way you you think your business is going to perform over the next year or two. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, we we talk about all that. Um, one thing that we should point out is earnings surprise has been huge, 20% positive yeah. earnings surprise. So analysts expected second quarter to be much worse than we've seen so far. Um, and pretty much across the board, uh, industrials uh, surprised 35%. Uh, consumer discretionary surprised 79.78%. Now, that's only six of 59 companies having reported so far. But, man, what a blowout. That yeah. was much better than analysts would have been expecting. Yeah, I'd, I'd have some reservations about just taking that at face. But, I mean, the big takeaway is earnings have been better Yep. Yeah, better. than anyone expected right. so far. No doubt. We still got 90% left to, <laughs> yep. to see. And um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the other issues that are facing us. I mean, we came into this show talking about how different uh, financial market returns are from our actual economy. Some of the news in the economy, economy is actually better than initially expected. Um, probably chief among those was the jobless claims that we got this week, and that is a weekly number. Uh, 1.3 million new jobless claims um, in the week. I think it was expected to be a little higher than that. Um, yeah. And then if you look, uh, continuing claims at about 17.6 million. Uh, and it was expected to be a little worse than that. So, you know, both numbers, 17 million people out of work in a country of 331 right. million. Uh, I think they're talking around like 11% unemployment or maybe higher um, is what is um, indicated by that. You know, it's it's not raw numbers, but... Yeah, it's hard to pin down because there's, yeah, it's... The two numbers yeah. are, yeah, you can't... But, I, I mean, contextually, it's like, yeah, things are improving. But, like, before all this happened, the number of actual continuing claims that we had yeah. was like 1.6 million. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, per week... We're adding that amount. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's improving, but yeah, it's still pretty not, ugly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the worst we saw in employment in our last recession was about ten mil or ten percent rather. And right. uh, just before this in February, we got numbers three point five percent unemployment, uh, where it was really better than what we would normally consider full employment. Right. Um, you know, which we usually consider somewhere between four and five percent. So, um, you know, all things considered, that really is the consumer is is where most of the grief has been, and it ain't over. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's plenty. The, the other thing to note uh, on the week before we get into the consumer, um, sure, is uh, the business surveys, small business surveys. Yeah, improving. It is improving now. Like, if you look. It, it, that is the economy, really. And if they're feeling optimistic, I mean, that's yeah. definitely a positive sign. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, hey, let's take a real quick break here. When we come back, we'll uh, have a dog of the week and uh, might even get into some more economic information. I think Shauna's got something to talk to us about. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talk. This is the dog. 
This week, and I'll be honest with you, it's not much of a dog. There is, n- I mean, you know, I so love it's like a small dog, like a lap dog. Yeah, it's a poodle of the week. It's, it's like a- one of your wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Troy has two wiener dogs for all you yeah, listening. I wasn't I, talking about something else. Yeah, please. no, hey, you're absolutely right, yeah. Jacob, and thanks for not making that awkward at all. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Uh, so my dog of the week is actually kind of one of those feel-good stories. We. Uh, uh found this story. We have a Democrat uh, by the name of Pam Ivino, who is the state senator for the state of Pennsylvania, 37th district. She's currently running for office, uh, lost her wallet. I'm not so sure because the story doesn't tell me if she was aware of her loss of wallet. Uh, but someone contacted her and said, uh, hey, look, I found your contact information in your wallet. By the way, that's always a great idea if you've got a wallet that uh, you might accidentally lose. If you got one, you might accidentally lose it at any given time. So it's good to have your contact information in there. Uh, she actually got a call from a man named Devlin Robinson, who just so happens to be her political opponent running for the same office. He found her wallet in the middle of the road in Pennsylvania, and he uh, he, he did the right thing and returned it to her. It was in the middle of Cochrane Road in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> it just seems really I feel strange. like there's a greater chance of getting struck by lightning, like, Twice in the same day. I mean, statistically well, it, I speaking, mean, or maybe somebody found it and gave it to the opponent to be uh, able well, to have story. He swears he found it in the middle of Cochrane Road. He said that it had been ran over a time or two, so it had a little bit of by his car damage. <laughs> well, you know, you run over something like that, you have to back up to see yeah. if it's there. So maybe just twice. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, they the the good part is, and here comes technology. It seems like every one of these dogs of the week have something to do with technology. Uh, Ivino actually thanked Robinson in her own Facebook post after Robinson wrote in his Facebook post that he had found it. They had a picture together, very nice, uh, you know, exchange. Um, and they're both veterans, so he gave her props, you know, from one veteran so to who, another. Um, so who are you voting for if well, you're I'm, in the 37th district? I'm not in the, the guy that The guy <laughs> that stole the wallet <laughs> <laughs> and I, then pretended that he found it? Or <laughs> or the incumbent. <laughs> or the incumbent. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm not in that district, so I don't yeah, have to okay. say. Yeah, right? okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. Uh, fair enough. Shauna, you want to weigh in on that? Who are you voting for? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the bonehead that got her wallet stolen by her competitor <laughs> or the thief. Jacob, it's supposed to be a good story. You're okay. ruining it. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Anyway, so I just thought that so that, that was, that really was just like a feel good story. Yeah, I didn't get the point of it. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, with all the bad things going out, at least people are still honest and nice and then give them back. The yeah, but like taking, was all the so. money that was in there? I Still think in? she said, yeah, yeah it was okay. intact. Well, she right. she said maybe, everything was maybe, good. Maybe he was just a good guy. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not like she went on his his Twitter account and stole all this information. I mean, yeah. or he the other way. I mean, you know, that's right. 
That's more what's well, going on today. Well, he didn't find her phone. The, if he found her phone, he wouldn't have given it back. <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. Shauna, I'm on your side. Uh, this is a feel-good story. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, who makes everything weird, uh, yeah. is... Uh, I'm just stuck in my apartment all day. Things are getting dark. Uh, yeah, I would <laughs> say. Yes, I agree, Shauna. We need positivity. Yeah, That's there we right. go. The sun I shines. I feel optimistic too. now about humanity. There you go. That's thanks, <laughs> thanks, Jacob, for finally getting on board with us. We appreciate it. All right, uh, we have a situation we want to talk about. Believe it or not, this is a radio show about financial markets and uh, financial planning and various other things. Yeah, not just her wallet, but your wallet. <laughs> it's, it's everyone's wallet. Let's yeah. talk about that. So uh, John and Ava are in their mid-70s, uh, recently uh, took out an RMD early in the year. That's the required minimum distribution. That's true. And uh, it's actually not required in 2020. At this point, so because the of the CARES Act. And well, that's yeah. the way it turned out. Yeah. However, the government did go back. The IRS said um, that you have until August 31st to redeposit your money. But they have a question, and the question is, uh, John would actually prefer the option of rolling his RMD, which he already took, into a Roth IRA. And he he has a few questions. He wants to know, number one, is that even possible? Uh, number two, are there any nuances that he needs to be aware of? And are there any drawbacks? And Shauna, since you are CFP, although I left that out of all of your other designations in the initial segment of this radio show, I'm going to kick this to you, and uh, hopefully you can give us all the answers we ever wanted to know about John and Ava and the fact that John took his RMD for 2020 could turn it back in, but decided maybe he would rather change it into a Roth. And for those Absolutely. that, for those that don't know, do you years. mind, Sean, I'll, I'll just step out. So basically he's got a traditional IRA, meaning that he took the money out before it was taxed. And as he withdraws the money from that account, which, RMD, it's required. The government forces you to take money out. Instead of doing that, which he's already done and paid the tax on, uh, theoretically, he will by the end of the, the tax year next year, um, he wants to put it in a Roth for saving without tax from here forth. And I'm sorry, Shauna, I'll kick it to you now. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is one of those years that I'm really excited about. I mean, I know there's been a lot of trials and tribulations, but there's a lot of planning opportunities. So I don't know, back in 2010, you know, when 08 and 09 happened, they allowed you to convert your Roth and spread the taxes over two years to 2011 and 2012. So, that was, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. This is another opportunity that is, you know, out there that can be huge, especially if we have a market pullback again. I know we're flat for the year. Um, you know, if you have, let's say you have $100,000 in required minimum distribution that you have to take out, but you don't need to spend, you know, if you have other resources you can spend from, such as a taxable account, a bank account, a brokerage account, you can actually either put that money back in and not incur the taxes, or as, you know, John's talking about, be able to put it into a Roth. So you don't even have to put the whole thing. You can say, uh, I want to put 50000 into a Roth. 
Um, and then you're, you really are still, you're getting money into a Roth IRA, but you're in a better tax position than you're normally in. And it but, does a few things. So it allows it to grow tax-free, but also it helps reduce your future requirement on distributions too, because any money you get out of your IRA, you know, because it's calculated each year based on the year in value. Um, and from from the previous it, year. Correct. Right. So um, previous year, so if next year, you know, your account balance is a little bit lower, either from market going down or you getting money out of your IRA, then it, it can help with how much you have to distribute in that next tax year. Right. If that sense. Yes. So there's a couple different plays. Um, so absolutely, you can roll it back in and just say, you know, deposit it into the Roth and treat it as um, a Roth conversion, but what I would do, and you don't have to do it this way, is put it back into your IRA and then convert it. And the reason why is because when you look at the rule, there's an IRS rule that says, you know, in a 12-month period, a 12-month year, you can have one time where you take money out of your IRA and then roll it back into your IRA. So you can essentially borrow for 60 days, and that's the 60-day rollover rule that they have lifted and allow you to put it back by August 31st for the year, okay? okay? So you can still only do this in one 12-month period. So if you put it back in your IRA now and then convert it to a Roth, you're leaving yourself open if you need to borrow again next year. Now, if you have a required minimum distribution, you're not going to borrow, but you can take out, you know, your IRA distribution plus an amount you want to borrow and put back if you're in a financial strain, et cetera. So it just it leaves that rule open for you. Um, so if in 12 months and in a 12 month period, you know, you're faced with that, you have the option you didn't use it up to put it in a rock, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so it is absolutely, I think it's a great tool this year and something to look at. You know, there, there is, I've had a lot of questions about the income, um, limits for a Roth conversion. There is no income limits for a Roth conversion. There used to be, there are no longer. So, you know, normally if you have a hundred thousand required minimum distribution, and let's say you want to convert 50 to an IRA, you have to, or excuse me, to a Roth, you have to take the first 100000 out first and then convert 50 and you're taxed on that full $150,000. So this is a unique year that you don't have to take that 100000 and you can simply decide to roll, you know, convert some to a Roth. All right. Uh, there's uh, there's probably a few more things we ought to cover, but uh, I think before we do that, we probably ought to take a real quick break uh, maybe we can talk a little more when we get back about why it would be a good idea. Now, Sean, I know you already mentioned one, but uh, I know there are some other reasons why it would be good to have more than one retirement account. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll have that and more when you come back. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up. When things go wrong, you're scared. Knowledge is power. There's a lot about this virus that we don't know. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Shauna Theriault and Jacob Keen. We've been talking a lot about financial situations. Uh, if you have your own financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can get in touch with us by calling our question hotline. The number is 1-855-429-9166. Or you can call and talk to a human. The way the question hotline works, just so you know, is you'll call in. You'll get our recorded message. Uh, you'll leave your question in a recorded message right behind that 
we play it on the air and then we answer after we play the question on the air. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Um, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will take your question and make sure that it finds us. Uh, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. We also have lots of information downloaded on our website. If um, you would like to just do your own homework, we have compiled a lot of information on the website. Again, that is Hensler dot com at spelled uh, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, Shauna, before we left on our last break... We were talking about a situation um, where John and Ava took their RMD earlier this year, and uh, now, uh, although they've gotten a, a reprieve from the IRS uh, saying that they can put it back in before August 31st, they've got a new plan, and what they'd like to do is put that in a Roth IRA. I know you laid out the fact that it is something that can be done. Uh, there are a few things that you have to know um, as to how to do it. And obviously you would owe tax on the money that you withdrew, which would be similar situation as last year, but you would put it back into the Roth. And I, I told you that, uh, you know, I had a few questions about the strategy. You had mentioned, number one, it reduces the amount that's in your traditional IRA so you wouldn't be forced to take as big an RMD going forward. But I wanted to say, I mean, are there other strategic reasons why you might want to be doing this? Absolutely. And to piggyback on what you're saying, in a Roth IRA, if it's your own IRA, you do not, you do not have to take required minimum distributions. So it can just sit there and simply grow while you're taking required minimum distributions from your traditional um, the other thing can help. It helps having, you know, multiple buckets to draw from. And what I mean by that, let's say later in life, um, you know, you're taking your 100000 required minimum distribution, but then, you know, maybe you have some medical expenses that are above the amount that you withdraw, et cetera. Maybe you're starting to move into, you know, assisted living or something like that. It, it gives you a tax-free option to draw from, okay? Now, right. if you already have other assets outside of that, such as a bank account or brokerage account that are not in retirement accounts, we would recommend pulling from there first before the Roth. So it kind of gives you a way to manage, you know, future taxes potentially and more options to you. Um, the other thing is for your heirs. You know, if you're in your 70s, it's probably not going to benefit you as much as it will your heirs. Um, just because, you know, it, it doesn't have a longer time to grow, if you will. Um, so the only benefit to you may be, you know, pre-planning for your heirs or, you know, lowering the asset value like we talked about or the, you know, managing tax ideas. It just really depends how long you live, right? So with the heirs, with the SECURE Act, it used to be you would, you know, if you inherit a non-spouse, so if, if your spouse passes away and inherits your IRAs and your Roth IRAs, then they can treat it as their own, and it would still work the same that you're currently, that it's working for you. So okay? you draw it according to your life expectancy, right? Correct. And then the Roth would not have a required minimum distribution sim similar to what you have today. Now, your children or your heirs are a different story. Um, it was written into tax code that they could spread those distributions, they do have to start taking distributions the year after you pass away or your spouse passes away, whoever has the money last and gets, you know, from, they gets it to the heirs. They have to start passing 
or distributing the money rather over their lifetime. The SECURE Act, and then we've talked about it on the show, that came into play this year is now they're saying you have to spread it over 10 years and it has to be exhausted within 10 years. Right. So they cannot do it over their lifetime any longer. But there's still a play here, right? So let's say, for example, let's say you're 75 and you put money into a Roth IRA, you convert it, you said you're 100,000, you decided you're going to put it into the Roth and convert it because you don't have the required. Well, let's say you live another 10 years and now you're 85, okay? That that account had a chance to grow for 10 years. So let's say your son inherits it. I'm just making it up. Your son now inherits his $100,000, and they can hold it for 10 years. It's technically 11 because it's how many, but they hold it for 10 years. So it could grow theoretically in that scenario if they didn't take it out for 20 years tax-free. And when they take it out, it's tax-free as well. Um, but, you know, when you take it out and you put it into, you know, an account, then it starts having dividends, interest, yeah. things like that, and becomes it, taxable. Yeah, so it recharacterizes. It, it them to do, now, if they immediately take it out, then you've missed the play. Um, if they need the money and they take it out and distribute it, it's still not taxable to them, but it's not allowing it to grow tax-free for that long, right, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So there, that's just a couple of different strategies and looking at it. Um, it's not as lucrative as it was before now that they have to take it out within 10 years. Sure. Um, but it still is a play if they're able to hold on to it for 10 years and then you, you know, live long enough to make it worthwhile. It still gives options. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're in a similar tax position, then, you know, and you may even be in a less tax position. If you have, you know, if you have taxable accounts, this may be a year that, you know, you or your advisor can take losses against your account. So maybe your capital gains aren't as high as it were last year. But that's not always the case because you've seen what the market's done. It's rebound, now it's flat. So, you know, there may not be opportunities, but there could be in the future if we don't think everything opens as yeah, you, fast as we want it to. That's an interesting thought, Sean. I looked just a, a week or so ago, and we weren't quite back to, to uh, fully reflated, but there were only 130 of the 500 S&P companies that uh, actually had rebounded fully. So we still had a lot of losses. There probably are quite a few uh, that could be uh, used to offset your tax situation this year. Um, assuming that you have a well-diversified portfolio, if you just owned the f- top names in uh, technology, you probably got some taxes still. Yeah, today. you could probably just go ahead and retire if you did that. Well, that's the <laughs> other case, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, who who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, we appreciate your answer in that regard. And uh, John and Ava, we surely hope that uh, you can get that ironed out. Uh, we have a few other questions that we want to cover. And uh, maybe to give Sean a little bit of a break, me and Jacob can do some heavy lifting. We do have one here from Eric from Warner Robins. He says, uh, I've heard many financial advisors say not to speculate on a COVID-19 cure. The reality is uh, that it could take years to fully develop a vaccine. Question is, so why is the Dow rising on hopes of a vaccine? Uh, Somebody is making money, and it's not me. Jacob, what do you think about that? Um, Well, yeah. The overall market is is appreciating because a vaccine gets us closer to that herd immunity, right, so that we could all get back out to life as usual. We could see some baseball Correct. and some Atlanta United play and uh, various other things. Right? Yeah, I, in theory, in theory, the market would be climbing on vaccine speculation because people are saying, "Well, this gets us closer to 2019 earnings faster." Uh, right. 
reality is this year earnings are going to be down close to 20%. Yeah, right? substantially. We just I saw numbers, what, 35? Expect, yeah, I think the expectation is that uh, in 2021 we get back to 2019 levels. Whether or not that happens, I, I, you know, a vaccine would help a lot. Uh, absolutely. Now, we did have some news on that this week. Seems like Moderna, a small company, It's, uh, in fact, it was quite small until recently, um, has become kind of the, the front runner in the vaccine push, uh, came out this week and said one of their injections is actually showing that it does cause humans to develop antibodies against COVID-19. Um, and, you know, if, if this is, is uh, what you're referring to, I would say uh, I, I think the train has left the station if Eric's looking to do this. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's it, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there. Um the company's up 317% year to date. It's got a uh, a market cap 31.2 billion. So 300%. It came into the year he might have had some things in the pipeline, but, uh, you know, when you look at the numbers on this company, the trend of five-year earnings, negative 105, uh, all, of its, all of its growth, negative 17.8% revenue growth. So it's shrinking prior to this, and they still haven't made a single dime. They haven't generated revenue off of their, their uh, uh, expected vaccine. Yeah. And, and there are others. It's kind of a crowded field, and you would expect, right? Right. Uh, AstraZeneca is another that, that actually is, is kicking up there pretty big. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got, um, we got a whole lot to talk about on this particular topic. Why don't we take a real quick break here? When we get back, we will flesh it out a little more, making money on the vaccine. Money Talks. We'll be right back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jacob Keene and Shauna Theriault, and uh, we've been talking a little about uh, a question that we had. If you have your own question, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline is uh, number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You call in, get our recording. You leave your own uh, recording, including your question. We play the question behind it. We will answer uh, that question and move on. So if uh, you prefer not to talk to a machine, you can call our number 770-429-9166 and ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show, um, and she'll get you your she'll get us your question. I'll get that right soon. Um, you can also go to our website, which is. Uh, Hensler.com, uh, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, or you can email us at drgene at Hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. 
Uh, that phone number, by the way, is a spot where you can get a hold of Shauna Theriault, who is a uh, she. She is a managing associate in our company, but she acts as a financial planner to the world. Uh, Shauna can uh, answer questions on lots and lots of financial topics. Uh, she holds the uh, CPA, CFP, and a CDFA, which is a uh, divorce specialty uh, with uh, you know financial topics. So. Um, Jacob, you and I were talking about this. Eric from Warner Robins had uh, yeah, he's, emailed us. He's basically saying, you know, he hears people in finance saying not to speculate on a vaccine. We've got right. recent headlines about a vaccine. Market, He's like, the market's up. What's going on? What yeah. do I do here? And he said it reacts every time we hear news of those right. vaccines. Yeah, and I, I think if we just sort of reduce what's happened, we had... We have this disease. We had to shut down the economy. Yep. It's been highly disruptive. The Fed and the government came in. The Fed, the Fed injected <laughs> trillions of dollars. Emptied the, the wallet. The right. government has been paying. In fact, a couple of weeks from now, um, the extra money that people are getting might be done with unless we get new legislation. Yeah, and there is some talk, of, talk of some I extension. I saw Reuters out talking about how... Uh, 63% of currently unemployed people are spending more than they were when they right. had a job, which is that never happens in a no. recession. That could be part of the reason that we've seen such a, a robust response in the correct. market. Correct. Yeah, yeah. In a narrative context, we think of all these new Gen Z and millennial day traders that have yeah, been formed overnight. They've got but some yeah, apps. I think for us, the big takeaway is vaccine. Don't speculate in it. We're we're seeing news probably end of year. A lot of time has to go by between now and then. We've seen recent spikes in cases. Right. There might be future economic disruption. Earnings are weak now. Yes, yep. they may return. Valuations are pretty stretched. And we're if if the essence of what Eric is saying is should I chase the market here? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. We're being very cautious right now. Yeah, I mean, you've got a forward PE on the S&P 500 that is over 25. So you're paying 25 bucks for a dollar's worth of earnings in the future. And, you know, the future is obviously a little fuzzier than uh, than what we've seen in the past. Right. So, uh, you know, the normal forward PE for the S&P 500 is about 17 and a half. Yeah. And so. here we are at... 25 and a half. So, I mean, that gets you kind of an idea as to how much people are willing to pay right now for that potential growth in the future. And and one final thing to keep in mind is that strong bull markets, really strong bull markets in equities, right. come with broad participation. Right. When you, when you said earlier in the show, you said, well... S&P is positive year-to-date now. Yep, that's true. How many companies were positive year-to-date? Yeah, there's only like... Uh, less than a third. Exactly, way less than a right. third. Right, yeah. So there's and definitely, in this in this all all this economic disruption, people, people are picking winners and losers yeah. in the market. And of the 11 sectors, industry sectors within the S&P 500, only four of them are currently right. positive. Right, um, Four of so the 11. It, our perspective is... To remain cautious. Absolutely. A, and a vaccine is a, 
is probably a game changer, but we got to get to the end of the year before. No, absolutely. As a human being, man, I'm cheering like crazy on the sidelines for somebody. I don't care. Moderna is the one that's come to forefront. Like I said, it's kind of the front runner in this in this uh, attack. But there's a lot of companies that are out there chasing the same uh, issue. Uh, among them, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, Johnson and Johnson, Sanofi Aventis, and GlaxoSmithKline. All of those companies, some of them paired together and are working on vaccines, but every single one of those efforts, uh, you know, they, they could, like I say, Moderna is up over 300% year to date, and uh, it, it looks like it's got a, a promising drug, um, but reality is there's, uh, there's others that are yeah. in the race. So and Someone will have one. Yeah. It's going to be relatively soon but again yeah. even even right now there's some businesses that close due to the lockdowns that aren't reopening that's true and i've i've kind of tried to made make this point earlier in the show we have seen economic information come out that is better than was projected recently well it's hard to beat i mean <laughs> it's hard not to beat literally <laughs> the comps, right? literally depression level <laughs> Right. Economic data. But the other point is, and you say depression level data, the the thing that we have seen has damaged the consumer. We don't know how deep that damage right. is going to be. Right. And, you know, we've got we've got heavy unemployment and we've got uh, uh, the consumer in order to be a consumer needs to have money. You get the the money from the job if the job is in question. The consumer well, is in question. I right? think the other thing that that's really fascinating to me about this is the entire recession that we're currently in is being blamed on this virus. So everyone thinks if we just solved the virus, we've solved the economic contraction. Right. History has shown that recessions typically last. The the, the market effects last what a year or two, yeah. eighteen to twenty four months. Exactly. Yep. To say. Well, in February and March, we're like, everything's fine to get to April and say the world is on fire. And then to get back into June and July and be like, well, everything's fine again. It's a little, <laughs> yeah. it's still, a little absurd to me. You're saying there's still some lingering smoke from the world having would, been on fire. I would, I would think so. Yeah, that's I, my, I tend to agree. <laughs> I agree. That's my, that's my theory. It may prove incorrect, but yeah, well, I mean, I, we've stayed invested. We just haven't yeah. gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, I have another question here. Joel and Carol, um, wrote and said, we are torn as to what to do with our investment in Cinepec Shanghai petrochemicals. We love the industry, but worry about it being China based. We bought it in February, so we're breaking even right now. I feel like it has potential to go places. My wife thinks we should bail out now. Um, you know, I, I look at lots of information when it comes to these. It looks to me like uh, Cinepec Shanghai Petrochemicals. It is a uh, China-based company. It has five-year earnings growth, of uh, expected five-year earnings growth of 13.1%. Uh, well, that's historic. It's 13.1%. Expected is 5%. Uh, it does have positive ROA peg of 2.57, which is way too expensive in a normal uh, scenario. Uh, debt to, uh, assets and debt to equity, very low. I mean, it's well-managed, and it's been around a long time. 
and traded on the U.S. exchange. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh, mostly an energy company. Yes, they do have the the uh, plastics and chemicals. Right. But it's mostly an energy company, and it has traded down. Yeah. With the energy Energy's industry been kicked hard. Yeah. Right. So it, it, if the question is, you know, is is are there promising prospects in the ener- energy sector broadly? Yes. Yeah. It's, absolutely. It, it, this is a company that's pretty cheap. There's risk in being in China, right? There's currency sure. risk. <laughs> There's obviously geopolitical risk. Yep. Um, would I prefer to own – do I think I'm getting compensated for that additional risk versus buying in Exxon or Chevron yeah, currently? I would say Probably no. not. Yeah. Probably I, I would agree with that. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our show. Uh, you know my answer and my question. I say the market's up. Shauna, what do you think? I think it's up. Up, says Shauna. Jacob. Up. There we go. Three ups. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.